0: Hello, Hello. welcome back to Baggage from Tua. Yes, we have a very special, special episode today. We're going to be talking about life in the 90s as pertains to culture, city life, um, dating. Doing it, dating, doing it all in your 20s, pretty much having
1: the ideal uh, 20-something experience. Yeah. So because every time we think, oh wow, I wish I was in my 20s in the 90s, Now you're going to know what it was like. We're (laughs) going to be interviewing a very special woman in our lives. One of our best friends. um, The best mother figure I could ask for. And neighbor. And neighbor. Um, Her name is Pam. From 1F. From From (laughs) (laughs) 1F. She is an artist, a musician. She grew up in Brooklyn, went to LaGuardia for high school. Um, And here she is today. Hello, Pam.
2: Hi!
1: So I guess let's just get into it. Pam. Okay. What was it like growing up in Sunset Park first?
3: Your early teen years? Early teen years? I stuck out like a sore thumb because I was blonde haired blue eyed and all my friends were Italian. Everyone mm-hmm. was dark hair, dark eyed, or they were Puerto Rican. Mostly dark hair, dark eyed, some light eyes. Um. So, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and I had some Polish friends from grammar school, but we didn't really, that wasn't part of my little neighborhood of mm-hmm. like.
1: Your so. little circle?
3: Well, just where I lived. You know, blocks hung out with blocks. It's like my neighbor, we were best friends with our neighbor, literally, which is. Mm-hmm. My parents were friends with their parents. We were friends with the kids. Kind of
1: rare now. We went away
3: together. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. long time, long time.
1: So was it a lot of, like, going out after school, like, hanging out around the block, you said?
3: Honestly, all we did in the teens, I was teen, I started to get weird, too, because I went to LaGuardia. I went to high school in the city, so I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. Pam went out of the, you know, she didn't go to a local high school school. So things got weird. Um, But our hangouts were like the pizzeria on the corner. We'd hang out there, or we'd hang out on 5th Avenue and 31st Street in Brooklyn. That was pretty much it. Sometimes the schoolyard. Schoolyard. Could you Mm -hmm. imagine
1: hanging out in the schoolyard? Did you ever hang out in the city like after school or on weekends?
3: Like a little after school when I was in my teens.
1: Mm. Yeah. And you were in the city going in the 80s in the late 80s yes so was the city different like what was the how per- like, was it different what was the perspective of the city when yeah. you were in high school like what you said already like feel like it's very sanitized now like it's very um, less edgy now
3: okay uh, the city <clears throat> Lincoln Center like that area upper, east, upper West Side rather it was okay like it was clean but you have a lot of you know money Lincoln Center um down in the east village however it was the twilight zone i mean i don't even know how to explain <laughs> it it's you got skinheads and punkers and metalheads and street people and everybody's doing something like if you go to tompkins square park it's like there's musicians and there's trouble there too so it's like me
2: mm.
3: um i never really stayed late
2: mm.
3: We wouldn't do very much in high school. We'd go have pizza. What else would we do? I can't remember. Yeah. It's kind of like now. And plus, I was working. So Where I. Where did you work? Do I have to talk about that? <laughs> I worked at Nathan's. Yes. Wow. Oh, on 86th Where? Street. Oh. <laughs> at least not the Coney
0: Island one.
3: <laughs> I worked at Nathan's. Yes. How was that? I mean, when you're young and you have a job and it's great. Yeah. You know,
1: Life is it's good. like, you
3: know, embarrassed by the uniform a little, but then you have a whole bunch of coworkers that are doing the same right. thing and you make friends and
1: right. it was, was fine. Was it easier to like see people that you knew around Brooklyn before? Like, I? did it feel like more of a small world before?
3: It's felt more of a small world. Really? Yeah.
1: And like, did I mean, a lot of people. you knew know?
3: like your neighborhood basically mm-hmm. outside. You know, occasionally people from other places. You're not like isolated from the world. But it was usually like people from Brooklyn mm-hmm. that you'd meet here or there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did a lot of people like know you because of your parents? Eh. not really. I don't like Brooklyn,
0: think so. Brooklyn, though, still has, like, a still own little world. Like, we don't like going to the city that often.
3: Yeah, like, people have their own little connections, their own little spaces. Yeah, right. Same thing. Brooklyn's,
0: like, enough on its own.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So going to high school in the city, for me, was like... Mm-hmm. It was amazing, like, different people with different points of view and, and just different clothing. And everyone was either singing or drawing or mm-hmm. dancing or... And what
0: did you get in for?
3: I get it for art. I went to the old music and art in Harlem for one year, and then we transferred to Lincoln Center the second year, my sophomore year.
1: Mm. You say we, you and a friend? We
3: in the class, well, the school.
1: Oh, wow. I'm
3: considered the last original freshman of M&A on the Hill.
1: Mm. So how was... So you went to Harlem
3: first for high school. How was that? Probably wasn't very good for my mom. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um it was amazing it was i mean we definitely you had to be careful in the area a lot of crime like they were stealing people's sneakers off their feet or people get into fights or um but you kind of had like a tiny little it's a campus it's now like city college part of that Mm -hmm. now but um so we stayed we hung around the school a little bit was there like a big music scene in harlem I, we didn't go I was a kid I was like 13 years old like yeah. 13 to 14 I guess but it was very cool it's an old building it smelled like old wood
2: mm-hmm. and
3: you'd walk in and you'd hear gospel choir practicing and if you had math above you it was orchestra and so it's like every wow. no matter where you were in the building it felt like you were getting your part I don't know some
0: artistic there's like, like
3: some kind of magic in that building, like an energy such an energy yeah. in that building
0: so people that don't know, LaGuardia is a specialized high school that does, um, you can get in for music, art, drama. drama. Um, I think music can be divided into like singing, dance. And instruments, dance, right? Is there photography in
3: LaGuardia? It's part
0: of art. It's part it's of art. Um, and my sister got in for, for art. Um, so oh, That's
3: right, I forgot that.
0: Yeah. Do you know any, were there any, for context for people, were there any like notable alumni that they would know? From LaGuardia.
3: What do you mean notable? Like people who have done something with their lives. People
0: who are known. Yeah, like just for context. I mean,
3: there's this. Actually, there's so many. Um, I don't know if this is true, but I wasn't there when she was there. Nicki Minaj supposedly went there. Mm
0: -hmm. I heard that.
3: Yeah, I heard. Weird, but um, (laughs) uh, I'm trying to think back. Who went? Jennifer Addison. We graduated together. Did not know each other, but she was there. She was Um, in your class. She was in my year, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. Chaz Bono. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, wow. you before Chaz City Bono, he went there. My year, same thing. Um, a good year. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, other actors, and you see them in movies and stuff, but they're not, like, a pop-pop, a pop-out. You know? Yeah. Um, but I was thinking of Tashina Arnold, who is on Martin. Do you know the show Martin? Mm-mm. No. Okay, well, it's a We're sitcom. We're showing our age now. Yeah, no, no. It's a <laughs> sitcom, I think, from maybe 10 years ago or something like that. She Great girl. Great girl. Mouth on her in high school. She was just life of the party. Always had something interesting to say, very opinionated. She was very cool. Um, I don't know. Debouche Wright, who was in the Blade series with Wesley Snipes. Mm. Remember the, the woman? No, don't you talk haven't to seen Blade no <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. Well, I mean, there's, you know, and then it goes on. Every year there's someone else. We know else of these things. So yeah. That's what matters. <laughs> like, I feel like, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of anyone else, but there are. There's more.
2: Yeah. Okay. Eagle
3: Eye Cherry, you have no idea who that is. No. <laughs> <laughs> Any artists? Painters? Painters? I'm sure, but I. Mm. I don't really follow that. Gotcha.
0: Well, it just shows, like, you know, what kind of environment, like, yeah, she was exposed to. Yeah,
1: I think it's relevant. It nurtures
3: like something that you love doing. Right, right. I think it's like, like it's also every like, day. Like, right.
1: Like we don't know who is gonna be famous from like the places that we grew up into. You know. Yeah. Like everyone is still developing their talents right, right now. Right. So. I mean,
3: but truly, it doesn't really matter when you develop them right. if you have those talents. It's the fact that when you actually do. You know, you blossom. And if you want to... I just believe perseverance is everything. Mm -hmm. If you want something.
1: As a musician and artist, do you feel like talent is something someone can learn? Or do you think that's more intrinsic to your nature?
3: I think it's something... That you are gifted with. You have like a special eye for things. You have steady hands. I mean, I don't know what it is. You can just... But with anything, it's practice. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not the painter I was. I'm not the drawer I was. Like It's practice, practice, practice. Um, Do I think if you... from Maybe, possibly, it could be learned by like... If you started a two-year-old and and let them have studio every day for, you know... Well, let them play... But as they grow older, let them focus in on just studio and paint if they like it. They're going to have to like it to be good at it. It's like anything. Right. If you don't like it, you ain't going to be good at it. Because you're mm-hmm. not going to want to do it. So, sure. Interesting. But I think it can be learned. If someone's like, oh, I love art. Be like, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: There's some things like singing, though. Like, I can be better at it, but I'm never going to be great. Whereas, like, if you're born with the talent, you know, you can be
3: great. Well, that's another thing, too. I mean... <laughs> I mean, your vocal cords are what they are. However, if you actually practice like these and practice and practice and mm-hmm. practice, you'll grow your range and you'll have a super powerful voice. But it's exercise. It's a, they're muscles. So it's like pretty much anything you do related to some kind of talent, something you want, you have to exercise every day or mm-hmm. else, you know, but yeah,
2: does
3: that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you ask Mariah Carey, do you know who that is? <laughs>
0: yes. I yes.
3: oh, uh, <laughs> love but, her Christmas <laughs> album. Uh, RIP
0: her book. But if you
3: course. ask her, she'll tell you. She's like, no, it's practice. Lots and lots of practice. Mm-hmm. So, part of it's gift for sure, but practice, probably, I don't know. Anyway.
1: Very cool. Yes. So, once you graduated, what was mm-hmm. going on?
3: You suddenly feel kind of like an adult. It's really weird, mm-hmm. like, but not still. I went to FIT. I don't know why I went to FIT. Like I thought, like I was never like, I like fashion. I still like it, but um, I just think that was the next best step for me. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to do music. I wanted to learn that, but I didn't know where to
2: mm-hmm.
3: even start at that age. So FIT, and I did, of course, get very, very into the fashion industry and, you know, dreamed of becoming a fashion designer. I did not I didn't. I knew that dream wasn't, like, solid, but... And then once I... And that was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then I graduated and never been anywhere in my life, so I was with my friend Jason. And... We were talking about something, looking at pictures of Europe, and I don't even know how it came. Maybe that was it. I don't remember how it came about. I'm trying to think how and why would we be talking about Europe. I don't know if he asked me or I asked him, but we decided to go to Europe. We actually went and bought tickets immediately. Mm -hmm.
1: Spontaneous. Very spontaneous. (laughs)
3: We went for a month not knowing what we were doing. Fun fun and more fun because <laughs> it was safe it wasn't the world's changed a bit it was safer let's mm-hmm. put it that way mm.
1: so this was like the early 90s at this point this was late
3: 80s this was like wait no mm-hmm. no no was it like, it like 90? Been, I, I don't know god I don't remember year I graduated 87 or 89 mm-hmm. high school is 87 or '89. I'd have to look I, I honestly don't remember that's mm-hmm. what happens when you pass 50 <laughs> Suddenly, like, you're like, mm, what was I doing? Did we do that? No, I don't remember. Did I make that up?
0: <laughs> so when you got back from that vacation where you like, okay, real world, what am I going to do? Did it kind of hit you?
3: Oh, I mean, I knew I had to, like... Get your shit together? Get my shit together. Jason went on to... Um, he, he was doing four years. I only did two as a fashion design major because like how much fashion design can they teach you
2: mm-hmm.
3: no they just said you don't need more than two so i didn't do more than two and it was fucking brutal fit was the meanest school i've ever been to in my life i think i cried every day i lived on <laughs> cigarettes and bagels i'm not even kidding
0: <laughs> that's changed <laughs> by
3: the way yeah. <laughs> bagels oh we could smoke them hall. cigarettes bagels wow. <laughs> oh wait am i lying hold on
1: yeah, because Bloomberg wasn't mayor then. Could
3: we? Am I dreaming this? Well you could smoke on an airplane. I smoked on my plane trip. To oh my
1: France. god. I had a little ashtray. So airplanes, were they a lot different back then? Really <laughs> this they <topic>. they <laughs> were different in the
3: sense that you could smoke on them. Okay. Like everything else is pretty much the same. Mm. And now they don't smell as bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So weird fire in the sky. Who would think to allow that? <laughs> <laughs> like seriously think about it. It's like I'm gonna light a cigarette. We're like <laughs> Thirty thousand feet in the air, yeah if it starts to fire oh, we're all fucked <laughs> right. like you know what I mean? I, yeah. I always thought it was weird, but
2: but cool, <laughs>
3: <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah, so
1: okay, do you feel like if you took a gap year between high school and college, you might have done more on the music side or like figured out your
3: stuff? I think I probably would have done more on the music side, I mm-hmm. would have tried to. I mean, honestly, all it took for me to finally get my music, cause I didn't know how to write, I didn't know this, I didn't know that, but I knew I could write a song, like I, cause I was always loved poetry, mm-hmm. and I knew I was good at melodies, like I can hear things, I would sing things in my head, so um, yeah, I probably would have searched for those connections sooner, like people who could actually help me learn. Mm-hmm. I did find them, but it was, you know, it was after I tortured myself. At FIT, and after I worked in the industry and wanted to stab myself in the neck, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was miserable. And then, um, finally, when I was working for Bijan, I started to. What is Bijan?
1: You're right, Bijan.
3: The well, listeners brand. won't know. <laughs> Bijan, I think they they have one store still open at the time. That was the '90s. He was the men's most expensive designer in the world. Mm. Like he had leather floors in his apartment, in his penthouse.
2: <laughs> White? White leather floors I love the story. Floors. Yeah. I the story. I, yeah.
3: <laughs> no, it was very strange. You'd walk out of your real world and go into this world where you're like, there oh, are no problems and everybody's slow. Because no one has to rush for anything. It was very strange. Boring as all hell, but uh, occasionally very exciting.
2: Mm.
3: So it was a good tour house mm. that I didn't get the first time around. Um, because I dressed for a job interview and it wasn't in fashion design, but I figured it's a fashion brand and it's a serious one. So you can get in. Uh, so they didn't give me the job right away. They said no. And then the next time I, after having an interview in a couture house that looks like that, mm-hmm. I wish I could explain what this looked like. had like a double, you know, spiral staircases wow. and a huge chandelier. This is what you walked into. And we used to have to lint roll the, the, Rugs. Yeah. <laughs> had, I'm not kidding. I had lint rollers on sticks. And that was part of the morning thing, was going around all the very expensive Persian rugs and lint rolling them. Holy shit. Wow. Up and down the stairs, lint rolling it, no vacuums. Um, anyway. Your outfit? Oh, they had called me again, and I was in a bad mood. I think I was bartending, or I just wasn't in the mood, because I felt rejected.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um and it was Mr. His name is Oh sorry, and he called me from Bijan. He Jesus. said, "Hi, Miss. We didn't offer you the job last time, but we'd like you to come in for another interview." And this was quite a bit later. It wasn't like even like a week two. I think it was a m- couple months or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I was beyond over it.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: you Put
0: went it through the break. You you I was like, I'm good
3: now. I'm okay, and I'm like, and I said, why? He's like, and all he said he goes he goes. I think you have an idea of why. I go. Okay, all right. So anyway, really? I knew it was fashion oriented. I didn't look the part. I walked in with one of those stupid, ugly black suits. You know that they say to interview in back in the day. They're like, just wear all black, white shirt.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But I was interviewing for a couture house,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so I put on the leather skirt and the <laughs> knee-high leather boots, and I had um. Oh, this is beautiful. It was a seamed. Uh, turtleneck i forget who the designer was but it was kind of like that well y- you can't see that um <laughs> but it was cl- stuck to your body it like was, boned there. it was yeah, yeah yeah well not boned The princess seams. Mm-hmm. the whole it was so beautiful and that's what i rocked at the interview and i got hired and uh yeah interesting and then this gets better <laughs> i have to interview and and uh they said, um, it's only short. You only wear skirts or dresses, mostly skirts. Uh, he goes, um, it has to be above the knee. Nice. <laughs> nice, yeah, exactly. You know how sued they get now. I know. Um, <clears throat> but we didn't care. We were young and pretty. We we're like, Yeah, okay. He's like, Bring in all your clothes like that you're gonna wear to work and the tailor will shorten everything. <gasps> wow. wow. They, they literally shortened our clothing. Wow. For more leg and heels. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But it was an experience. I mean, it was very posh, and I met a lot of posh people. I was able to dine at Reos because of somebody there has a permanent table, mm-hmm. and he wanted to talk about my coworker. We were friends, friendly. We became friends. And he kept saying he was interested in this girl, this other girl I worked with. But weird that he'd keep asking me to go. How strange is that? I was definitely not interested, but it was fun. You know, it was an experience.
1: Did you feel like you belonged when you worked there? Or did you feel like you had to make yourself something you weren't?
3: No, but here's the twisted part: like it feels like in in part of your, I guess, mind. You, when you're there, you feel like you are almost part of a dip because you have to have to ask they had to teach me how to curtsy they're like do you know how to curtsy i go like this they're like okay perfect i'm like why do i have to learn how to curtsy right like you know and it turns out it's like the queen of thailand is here (laughs) curtsy yeah don't look at the prince because there was a prince there he was the sultan of brunei i believe (laughs) i don't know was it the sultan of brunei I think because he was a regular, but um,
1: imagine they that's come
3: hilarious. in how absolutely strange they come in here, and of course you know there's, secret service whoever guarding the store. It's closed, and all these women and people and they sit on the floor, in a couture house. They're sitting on the floor. It's the most bizarre thing. It's like nothing but wealth, and they all sit on the floor. Um, I didn't know anything. I didn't know the rules or how to act, and he the sultan asked my opinion on a jacket which was i think python so naturally i said it looks amazing you know with my personality um and that was it i got in so much trouble that day i made eye contact with him and i'm not allowed to do that i'm supposed to keep my head down He's like, especially because all the wives are there. I'm like, this is oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get in like, super trouble, yeah. but I'm like, I don't know these things. I have to learn them. Welcome like,
0: to America. <laughs> right? Like,
3: hello. Anyway, it was a different world. It was just weird. I met a lot of interesting people. I, I did some interesting things. Mm-hmm. I went some interesting places. Mm-hmm. Like, so, we went to, uh, this was fun. Talk about 90s. Um, the girl I worked with at Bijan. I don't know whose house it was, but we went to the Hamptons. Nice. Mind you, I had... was oh, adorable. But I had hair that went all the way like that. And it was pretty much bleach blonde.
0: Up to her butt, guys.
3: Yeah, kind of, kind of up to my butt. Maybe mid-back, lower mm-hmm. back. I'm getting there. Uh, <clears throat> and how old was I? I was 22, maybe? Mm-hmm. Three? Oh, well, can't remember. But um, <laughs> anyway, so we go to the Hamptons. And you literally... It was the weirdest world. Like, it's just... Money. Money. um, You go hop house to house, even though you have no idea who owns that house. <laughs> like you just hopping. go. It's like uh-huh. people are, it's weird. It's like people are everywhere. Hey! It's like a giant party amongst the rich. It's, I don't know, but it was fun. And then someone gave me a prelude. Like, <laughs> yeah, not a good thing at all for me. So I was just like, whoa. Anyway. Wolf of um, Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't alone. I the girlfriend took it too. God, my mother thinks she's in the ground. She won't hear this. Um <laughs> Uh so we me and my girlfriend, I don't want to mention her name. Yeah. Uh we sit in the jacuzzi and we were both <laughs> I mean, you've seen the wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Not quite like that. But it makes you very tired and like drowsy. You just Relax, Relax. Float. It's so float, so yeah, it's right? beyond relaxing. Yeah. I don't know how long we sat there. Like, don't know. My hair was kind of newly done, but I I don't know how long we sat in that jacuzzi. All I know is the next morning, this is like Pam. Half of your hair is green, <laughs> and I said no, it's not. She goes, half of your oh hair is green. I'm like, turn it around, and it is fucking green, hardcore. Like, you know, bright. and I'm like, So
0: you dipped the rest of your head in the jacuzzi.
3: I didn't go under. <laughs> I just sat against it. So my hair from, because couldn't move. We are like this. We're yeah. not going underwater. It probably wouldn't come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, my hair was green. So I'm like, I'm not cutting my fucking hair. Anyway, whatever, I got to fix. I went to a special salon and they fixed it for too much money. And that's oh. that. So yeah, it was an interesting world.
1: Mm-hmm. And then what happened after? Yeah, what, was the, what was the last straw? Why did you?
3: Um, Because I started the music stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be working on music with other people. And it was mostly at night. And I was waking up tired. And, and I just, you know, I don't know if I was waving tables or bartending. But I could work a couple, three days a week and mm-hmm. do the rest. So that's what I did. I started to... Where was I living? I was home. I moved out.
1: Where did you move?
3: Ugh. Pitt Street between Rivington Delancey, and Delancey in Manhattan. Where is that? That's... Pitt Street between Rivington and Delancey. That's, <laughs> that's like the lower east it's, side, right? It's the lower it's east side near the Williamsburg Bridge. I don't know if you can go and it was bad. Mm-hmm. But oh, I wanted to move out and we were in the city. Yeah, so the apartment was... And you
1: had a roommate? Yeah. Okay. This
3: girl Kim, she's, she was a dancer. So sweet. She's still sweet.
1: Mm-hmm. How much was
3: it? Um, the rent. Seven ninety. <laughs> For a two bedroom? <laughs> For a two bedroom. Holy five shit. floor shit. walk up. Holy
1: shit. Nice.
3: Could you imagine five floor walk up? Yeah. You had to be young to live there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and it was it was big.
2: Yeah.
0: It was a
3: big apartment. The bedrooms are small, but it was big spacious. What
0: was, yeah. like, your typical week like when you lived
3: there? I pretty much could do whatever I wanted. Like, that was the beauty of it. Like, being... That's the draw of the friggin' restaurant in- industry, too. Mm-hmm. That's what traps you in something that, you know, is a very gypsy lifestyle thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I guess very I've been flexible. a gypsy for my whole life, for the most part. Um, you're very flexible. If you don't want to work, you don't work. You get it covered. You want to mm-hmm. work,
1: you pick up. An artist's life. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, uh... Did it feel expensive at the time? For no. You? no, I always had money. You know, I made plenty to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. I always had money, and if I didn't, I work. So how was it working
1: in the restaurant industry in the nineties? Oh my god,
3: I worked. Um, oh, the place I worked was a freaking zoo, a zoo. I started there as a host when I was in FIT.
1: Do you remember what it was called?
3: I do. <laughs> you don't have to say I don't want to say that's one thing I don't want to say but anyway no. needless to say a zoo and we had to carry these giant trays upstairs it was in Soho the place mm-hmm. um, I have good and bad like memories about this place so anyway giant trays and the people would be packed by the bar and you had to go get drinks and you had to get through this mob like there was nobody clearing it and sometimes you had a lot of people upstairs. So you took a big tray and you loaded it with drinks, mm-hmm. put it above your head, and you screamed as loud as you could to get through the crowd. <laughs> um, why did I bring that up?
0: <laughs> well we were asking about like your typical week when you were living there and Julietta wants to know uh, about work. your work and I kinda wanted to know about like your like I guess more about your weekends too. Like what was it like like in your free time? Where would you go? What would you do? Like, um yeah, night life, maybe.
3: I'm thinking of where the nightlife took off. Like, there's a, <laughs> you know. Um,
1: well, I'm guessing after work, you all would go out.
3: Sometimes. I can't remember when my club life, club life came in. Um, I left because my girlfriend, Alana, who I went to high school with, got a job bartending at the Palladium, which was a big deal. It was a nightclub. I didn't know how to bartend. So oh, I must have been Oh, you told me
1: this story. Yeah. That was your first time bartending, right? First time bartending. What a nightmare. And you told them that you already had bartended before and you never... Right, so how was that? What was that I thing? learned
3: real fucking quick. I'll yeah, tell you that
1: too.
3: much. <laughs> <laughs> Alana tried to help me with drinks. Wait, how I got the interview? How I got sure. the job? Sure, sure. <laughs> this is... I mean, but this was the 90s. You used it to your power, I guess. Alana's like, just dress as sexy as possible. Mm-hmm. I was a kid, you know. I did. He's like, "You're hired." You're, you know. They trained me how to use some st- the equipment, and, and that was it. He said, "You know how to bartend, right?" I'm like, "Yep." <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's that, the only is, way it, like it wasn't
3: a great big interview. Like it was a weird interview, but getting this is like the old um. Pretty sure who owned Limelight was it? Peter Gation one of the big club owners back then. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look it up. And I, I didn't know about that or any of that stuff. Yeah, so Alana gave me, like, index cards, and I learned as much as I could. And then the first night of work, I was, I don't know, three people deep in a complete panic. Beer, great. Beer, 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 mm-hmm. beer, beer, wine. Whatever, like, easy, you know, vodka soda. Got it. And then all of a sudden, somebody like, can I have a kamikaze? And I'd be like, I go, Alana, kamikaze. She's like, make it green. That's all she said. <laughs> I was like, okay, green. I looked for like green liquor. Yeah. And uh, that was it. And people wouldn't dare come back because first, I don't think they even knew what a kamikaze was. Yeah. Thank God. Um, <laughs> and it was too busy. Like it would mm-hmm. take you forever to get another drink. So mm-hmm. that was my first night. So that next night I studied like a champion. I just wouldn't stop studying drinks. So yeah, that's how I learned. Mm-hmm. And then I got really good and fast. And I got more club jobs. Mm -hmm. But Limelight, was that next? It was like working in clubs.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was... It was fun. In
0: the 90s, yeah. It was
3: like fun. I mean, it was weird. Like, if you were a club bartender, and the club was popular. It's like, you were kind of on the inside of the club world.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Like, you know how they have, like, I didn't know, like, the serious club people. Like, but I knew a lot of them and they would actually call like it's uh, like I got uh the limelight I wanted to get into so I asked someone that I knew that was working there and she got me in I also got fired from there but uh (laughs) it's a good reason it's my you know it was me refusing to sell liquor after four Mm -hmm. that's why I got fired because I sat on my bar with my register and I said somebody get a manager to count me out and they were like we're not doing this yet i'm like i am because i'm like i'm not going arrested for this shit like mm. count me out um it was cool yeah
1: you were once telling me how um you wanted to get into a club one night and you were on some sort of list because you were uh, in the club industry
3: um there's something back in the day i'm i hope i'm not blowing this up for
1: the people listening honestly, to this won't even know. <laughs> and the
3: truth is, honestly, I highly doubt it's acknowledged anymore. Um, it was a very different world. Like the club, everybody knew somebody and it connected to someone else that was in this business. There were small nightclubs, big nightclubs, like little popular spots that were more fun than the big ones. And mm-hmm. it was just, you know, someone knew someone knew. Mm-hmm. It's connected. Yeah. Um, so you could call a club back in the day. Not every club did it. But you'd say, hi, um, this is so-and-so, I work here. Do you guys acknowledge club courtesy? And um, they'd either say yes or no. They would Often I'd get a yes, how many? And then you wouldn't pay. Yeah. And you'd be on the list, so you'd stroll up with your friends and be like, I'm, I'm on the list, I'm on someone's list. And they would look it up, go, open the ropes, because everything was roped off in red ropes everywhere. They'd let you in.
1: Long lines outside of the clubs. Mobs. Yeah, were they more exclusive than now?
3: Um. Honestly, I haven't really even been to nightclubs now, but when I went, like later after the '90s, I was like, "What happened? These are awful." Um. But no, they were super exclusive. I mean, maybe that's part of the whole scene because if you think about it, I got into the scene after like. Madonna, basically, was in the mm. scene. I was following not quite right after but so it's like all of these it was like a little celebrity like you there were celebrities and it was a party scene and uh ah. Was like pop music no it was like amazing djs it was like house music was probably the friggin' best house oh. music was amazing because it just made the whole cl- i don't know how to explain it i was in love with house music um
1: and you said you didn't drink much you just mostly went to dance
3: yeah most of us went because we wanted to see friends and, mm-hmm. and we wanted to dance. We were mm-hmm. all about dancing. Even Jason was a dancer, which I loved. Like, going to a club with a guy friend that could actually move was fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> Never happens now. Well, no, it's really
3: hard. <laughs> so it's like, if you're on the dance floor and you see a guy that can move, you're like, okay, he's dancing with me because I need someone to actually... Match me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was so much fun. Did
1: you guys follow DJs around through different clubs? I didn't or? know
3: a lot about DJs. Mm-hmm. I just knew that, like... I mean, sometimes you go to a club and the music would be okay. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, But I knew, like, Sound Factories was, that's where all the best DJs, like, you couldn't leave there. It was such an experience. The music was just ridiculous.
2: Yeah.
3: And the whole place, I mean, if you look at this giant room, whole place, dancing, covered in sweat so are they there to wow. drink or are they there to dance mm-hmm. they're there to dance and some of the most amazing dancers just like
1: yeah. so cool I feel like a lot of people stand on the side now and yeah. like just sit and just like the creative
3: energy of the city was right. a lot bigger than it is now very free very different right. you know but clubs nightclubs were, right. they were cool I mean I had to you know it's definitely a vampire lifestyle but very exclusive Meaning, I mean, if you came from wherever, um, you could get in. I mean, there's someone at the door literally picking people. They're mm-hmm. like, you, how many with you? One? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how
1: mm-hmm. crazy was it, it based was. based off of just your look, your style?
3: How cool you look, how mm-hmm. good you look, how pretty you are, mm-hmm. how handsome you so are. So you got in a lot. How funky, <laughs> or you know somebody, or you're on a list, or... But it's like, if you didn't like dress or try to sport whatever beauty, whatever you had to offer, you better do it if you want to get in. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the fun and the game of it, mm-hmm. you know?
1: What were you telling us about Mars?
3: Oh, so my friend Jason, he worked at uh, one restaurant with me. We kind of, you know, would help each other, of course. You help each other with jobs. Um, and he was working the door at Mars, And uh, I went to go, because it was a new club, I wanted to go. So I forget who I brought. I brought some friends with me. Um, And it was just a sea of people. And there's a staircase leading to the club. And he's at the top with a a list. And there's bouncers up there with him. And uh, I'm standing there looking at him. And he looks down at me. He goes, Pam. I go, you know, to say hi, Pam. He goes, I am God. (laughs) I'm like, you're an asshole. He goes, how many? I'm like, whatever. And so we go in. He's like, I'm literally a God. You don't understand. I'm picking people. Like, you can come. And it was just hysterical. I never laughed so hard. Because he did it in front of everybody.
2: I am God.
3: (laughs) I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. He was so funny.
1: So funny. Do you know what his sun sign was? Was he a Leo? No. um,
3: Wait. When was his birthday? What is Jason? It is uh, dis- November, December something. He's a SAG. Early or late? He's a SAG. He's a SAG. He's fun. Wow. <laughs> He's a SAG. That's
1: fun. An
3: amazing artist. Amazing, amazing artist.
1: As they usually are. What kind of art, like artwork, right?
3: Yeah, he went to FIT. That's where I met him. He was in uh, illustration, fashion illustration. And uh, I was in fashion design. And we dated.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: so awkward we're so young you know yeah. um, and, and you know it didn't work out and we became really good friends mm-hmm. so how
1: was dating in the 90s what was that like because there are no apps you folks
3: didn't use apps the way that we, we do we didn't have apps right <laughs> how was you'd dating you go on Craigslist and <laughs> no nothing like that you go out you meet people you meet people and you vibe you know mm-hmm. or you're attracted to someone or do I have any of those stories? Oh, this club called The World. This is when I was younger. Where the fuck was I working? The World. I was, I was young. This one. I was younger than... Must have been like 20. Maybe 20. 20. I had to be 20. Uh, anyway, I worked at the store, um, uh, clothing store. I was in high school. I was in high school. <laughs> well, it's coming back, you know. Yeah. Was I in high school? Fuck. Lois and Clark was a men's clothing store. I don't know why I worked there. I just needed a job and somehow I was there. I was younger. Anyway, bottom line is, I knew about this club from who knows who. Because I had friends called The World. And it was uh, down in the East Village. Very grungy East Village. A crazy club. Um, anyway, some guy was shopping one day. And he was really nice and he was freaking beautiful. He was just, oh, I couldn't stop looking at him. And uh, we got up talking. And I said, uh, I said, if you're not doing anything, I'll be at the world
1: Ooh. tonight.
3: That's what I said. I'm like, you know, if you want to come by. And He was flirting, so I just put it out there. And uh, me and friends would go to the world, whatever, you know. You know. Um, and he found me. He went to the nightclub that night, and, and we started dating. <laughs> nice. It was hot. <laughs> but he broke up with me. You know why? Why? Because I was a virgin. Oh, shit. It was freaking him out. He's like I can't. I can't. I just wow. He's like I couldn't be the person like I would one feel one man's fantasy talk is about another it. man's <laughs> the Madonna <laughs> complex. <laughs> I was like okay. So we became friends. And plus there was missing a little something so mm-hmm. it's fine.
1: Anyway. So did you mostly meet other guys at like bars, restaurants, clubs or was it like your social group
3: all over all mm-hmm. the above everywhere? I met this a lot in clubs. Like I've met guys in clubs this one guy Ishmael Dakar um, I don't remember what club I was at I was at a club with my girlfriend Dara was it Dara? I think it was Dara um, and we were dancing and he I wasn't interested and he was pushing He's like well we're going to Peggy Sue's well uh, after I wasn't having fun at the club anyway so I'm like okay I don't remember if we went after him or with him we went with him <laughs> see my memory's all messed up and uh, he got us in. We didn't pay. It was a small nightclub. Most amazing music. I was so grateful that he invited us. Um, and then Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye came on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm, we were t- he's smiling as a British accent. It's totally sweet, but I, you know. And uh, we started dancing. I was like, oh, it's on. Like this, it's done. We're. A- <laughs>
1: We're married. We getting married. Like
3: <laughs> it was so amazing dancing with him that I was like, he was so sexy and he was just so smart. And so that was it. Yeah, we were together for quite some time.
0: But you weren't into him initially.
3: No, because I didn't. His personality and he <laughs> smiled and he had these dimples and then he could dance like, oh my God, his movements. And then uh, also the British accent and right. he was stunning. He was a beautiful guy. It just I wasn't sure. You know, it just didn't jump at whoever.
1: Mm-hmm. There
3: are plenty of beautiful guys out there to ask you about, so...
1: Do you feel like guys nowadays are spoiled in the dating world? Like, I feel like they don't put as much energy as guys used to into, like, pursuing. Do you know, a a change?
0: Like, oh, the 90s, changed. towards the
3: 2000s? Well, there's, like, no... It's, like, almost impossible in this day and age to meet someone organically it's like that was the beauty of back then it's like it was organic and you knew it and you could feel it because you were
1: right something was giving dry, off chemicals
3: both of you were right. and then you're like okay
1: now, now, now it's
3: like you gotta go through the whole rigmarole of awkwardness so nothing's. It's not as. Yeah, you're like they're cute, but if
0: you meet them, you might not have that spark. Whereas oh in person, God. you, you know right away. You could be the most
3: gorgeous guy, and you'd be like, "Do not touch me." You know, like, Bleh. like.
0: Exactly, like, or someone not even gorgeous, and you're just you're like, like, "Ooh, Ooh
3: yum." Yeah. Exactly. You don't know. It's a whole picture. It's like you know.
1: So you feel know. like the universe was bringing you together with people more.
3: Wow, it's just <laughs> Well, I mean, but yeah, you you naturally yeah, made some. I met. I made some crappy choices you know but I made some really good ones
2: mm-hmm.
3: I had fun I had heartache I had you know everything except the one thing I always felt back then was free mm-hmm. and like the, pol- the possibilities of life were endless like I always had that feeling I also had a lot of faith but um I don't know it was just a dreamier time it was easier to dream
2: mm-hmm. does that
3: make sense? You know, you had you never knew what was gonna happen tomorrow. Who you were gonna meet, what you were gonna write, you know, or so there was always that or you met someone new and you're excited about that. Even if it was like not a guy per se, but an artistic friend mm-hmm. or someone you mm-hmm. just jive. You were with constantly or... meeting someone new. Yeah, it's a strange world. It so was it was fun.
0: Along those lines, like did you find that like going to clubs and working in clubs like helped you make artistic connections? Like did that help your mute like Inspire you or like made a connection you needed, or was more about dating it, you know what it did make a
3: musical it, yeah. it really didn't make a ton of musical connection because it was just a different world. Yeah. I did make one working at this small nightclub um, who introduced me to a songwriter because I wanted to write a, I wanted to try this out. He could play piano it was um he did record my songs that I did, so I got to learn that verse stiff they weren't who I was but it was a process um and then I they weren't very like I'll listen to them "Mm." one of them was beautiful and it was done in Spanish too and it's really stunning I don't have recordings of any of this but then I met someone else like not through him I met someone because I was started talking about it Mm
2: -hmm. and
3: someone from high school and my friend Diana. We're really good friends. She's like, you should talk to Samora. <clears throat> she's got a band and she does this and that. Bah, bah, bah. So we talked and she was adorable. We clicked right away. Immediate click. And then she's like, I came over and we were going to try to write a song. We literally wrote our first song in about maybe 10 minutes. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And it was
3: beautiful. Like it was so good. We just went off each other. You know, it was so good. Such a great song. Um, And that was it. And then her and I became writers together. Uh, I wrote with her for her band. I was always really afraid to sing in front of people. Um, I still freeze up and my voice cracks. Like, I can't sing in front of people. But uh, her band was fucking phenomenal. And I'm very fucking phenomenal. And I'm very <laughs> proud of all those songs. They, are, they were such good. Going to those shows and seeing like my work. Mm-hmm. It was just the best feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. It was just so great. It was what a great period. Um, we're still friends. Um she now is a uh, an ordained minister. She marries people. That's what she does for a living.
2: Wow.
3: Uh we hooked up not too long ago, she helped me out of a bad situation, so to speak. And uh we the writing there, she just doesn't have the head or the time for it because she's got three kids. So mm-hmm. so that's that.
1: Did you ever record your music professionally?
3: I mean, I did, but I don't have anything like to show. I have like cassette tapes with like old stuff on it. If I can search, but um, I everything's pretty much gone, and a lot of it has to do with mm-hmm. me living in a shitty apartment and getting bed bugs. So I left everything. So yeah. that's I lost. I don't know where anything is. I left it literally. I didn't care if it was what it was. Mm-hmm. Left my piano. Hard times, hard times. But um, grateful for today. Very grateful. Uh, but yeah, that's what led me into music. And then, oh, this was another connect through my girlfriend Alana. It's weird. Like once people, people are really helpful. Like um, my girlfriend Alana, who is one of my closest friends, she gave a tape of music that I thought wasn't great to um, somebody. I can't remember his name. It'll come to me. That's what happens when you pass 50. You forget everything. <laughs> um, it will come to me. But anyway, he was the president of NBC, vice president. She had parents and they were in the industry, blah, blah, blah. Um, Peter Andrews, that's mm-hmm. his name. I don't know what he was. Something head of NBC. He was up there. Um, so anyway, he got the tape and he gave it to someone named Danny Madden. Um, and then I get a call. I remember I was subletting an apartment on the Upper West Side that I couldn't afford. <laughs> but it had a piano. So I was in heaven. All alone, unemployed, in heaven, in this beautiful apartment. Anyway, not beautiful, but beautiful by my standards back then. Yeah. Um, so I get a call from this guy, Danny Madden. Uh, he was a Warner Brothers artist. What else did he do? He wrote a song called Tonight I Celebrate My Love For You. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. Because he sold the rights, he was a kid when he wrote it. But whatever he wrote it, you know, you might have to take that out. He wrote, Mm -hmm. um, he wrote for whatever. He had a deal with Sony and blah 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 blah. Um, He was in the industry, so to speak. So he called and he said, "I just wanted." He's a weird love bomb. I don't know how to explain. He's very spiritual and very. I don't know. He's just one of those people. He's a positive force.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, He called me and he said, "Uh, hi, this is Danny Madden. I heard your tape. I just wanted to tell you, just keep doing what you're doing. You have something here. Just keep doing it. Just a random call. And I'm like, why are you calling me? Like, I don't know who this person is. He goes, well, I thought that, you know, I wanted to give you a call to let you know what I thought and all the stuff. So I'm like, what can you do for me? Because I was in this place. I wasn't in a good place, so I didn't give a fuck. He, he could say nothing. Right. And I wouldn't care. I'd be like, okay, bye. You had nothing
1: to lose. I didn't
3: know who was. I don't care. Um, he goes, I do voice lessons. He goes, I can work with you singing. <coughs> I said, okay. We met. Um, he gave me lessons. I paid for them. Uh, great guy. Um, and then I started to show him things that I wrote. And that was it. I didn't pay for lessons anymore. He worked on developing me, and I just had to show up every week and play my songs and work through them and do some voice things, and he was kind of like just, I don't know, he thought I could do it, basically. He thought that I could make money at this, Mm -hmm. and so did I at that point. It was great. So I don't know where I went or what we're supposed to be talking about. This is getting (laughs) weird. Oh, it's so much. I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to talk about this stuff.
2: Why are
0: you embarrassed? Amazing.
3: It was nice. I, it's But the thing is, I developed such a need for him to be in my life, to reinforce all my insecurities about being a songwriter mm-hmm. or a singer.
0: Well, he was also a bridge to another world. He well, represented he was, but something.
3: It, but it would have been me. It would have been up to me, like, right. if he fell. Like, if he... Right. I would have to keep going like I was doing before. I was just making right. strides, meeting people, and this and that. Um... Did you feel less free than you did before then? I felt excited because, oh, because. My, I was growing at such a pace. My voice was improving. My playing was improving. I felt focused. Like, you know, he also told me I had to lose weight. He's like, if you want to do this, so what did I do? I got a six pack. Like I was, <laughs> but I'm not kidding. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this before I get too fucking old and I can't do this. And I started just acting as if, dressing like a rock star wherever I went. And... What did that look like? What?
0: What did that look like?
3: Um, one outfit was, I got balls. You wouldn't walk through Times Square like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I had on a pair of, okay, first a white turtleneck that was cut off here because I had a great stomach, so I wanted to show it.
1: Right under your boobs?
3: Like a little bit lower, yeah. but it showed my stomach. Yeah. It's like covered in my boobs plenty. But it was a turtleneck, so, uh-huh. you know. And it was short sleeve. <clears throat> Sorry. And I had on a pair of, I want to say, were they jean shorts? I don't remember shorts. And <laughs> white go-go boots to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so very nice.
3: Yes. And my hair was bleached and messy, but I always made it cute messy. Mm-hmm. So I walked around looking like,
0: you know. Cute. I think you mentioned a top hat once to perform in. Oh, that
3: was, no, not to perform in. That was such a long time ago, and that was a nightclub thing. <laughs> wearing a top wore. hat? Yeah, <laughs> so stupid. But, um, yeah, it was fun. You performed in some clubs too, right? No. I froze. Mm. Like, I, I I well, I performed, but I performed with my band. And it was just showcasing, so it was only like, 30 some odd people it wasn't like a great big room you know but we showcased once we finally got a set down and yeah I feel like this is like this glory days but I didn't really go anywhere or do anything I mean I did I didn't make any money at it let's put it that way you were happy you were happy I was very happy yeah yeah yeah
0: so your 20s are for right it was whatever. whatever it was good Okay, I think Julieta, you're ready for uh, this question you wanted to give.
1: Right. Is there a piece of advice that you wish you knew in your 20s that you only learned later on in life?
3: Yes. <laughs> All that money that I made in those nightclubs. I mean, I was making money. I should have saved. I should have saved, 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 saved. But I was having fun. Mm-hmm. Spending and taking month-long vacations, taking everybody out to lunch, dinner, blah, blah, blah. Doing whatever I wanted, buying fancy gifts for Christmas, and I should
2: have saved it. Mm-hmm.
3: That's pretty much it. hmm I mean, because I know people who did I know someone who did for sure. What
0: about something in reference to dating or to being an artist
3: to dating or to being an artist yeah. what kind of artist any kind of artist or <coughs> guess, excuse me
0: what do you what do you think you know what I'm trying to say something a little more um pertaining I
1: would say there's a piece of advice that you've given me that like I constantly remind myself of, and that's. To learn to love yourself and be in a relationship with yourself.
3: That's the best. Honestly, <laughs> the whole time with Danny Madden, I dated myself. Because mm-hmm. so much growth. Like, that I was so complete.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I, I, I didn't care. So what does that look like? What does that look like? Yeah. It looks like being with yourself and working hard. Disciplining yourself, like I had a dis, I had <clears throat> during that period, I woke up in the morning if I wasn't working, even working at night. But in the morning, I would wake up, I would have my coffee, and then I would do my workout, which was, you know, probably about an hour. I would do, I was up to 600 crunches. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't shit. messing around, like, I was, I knew I had to take it serious, and even though I quit after whatever, I'll tell you that later. Um And then I would sit at the piano and do scales and practice for, like, four hours. Right. I would sit and play and play and play and play and mm-hmm. play. And that's, yeah. Do and you, I did it every day.
1: Do you feel like people saw that, like, you nurtured this relationship with yourself and then they craved you more? Like, they chased you more because of that?
3: 100%. 100%. I had people talking to me, like, someone who never spoke to me once, um... I think it's just because whatever I was giving off, sorry, and I was happy, um, just, this isn't about music, although everybody, it was, people liked what I was doing, um, but like, just my physique, I didn't realize where I was at, I'd rode my bike to work, and somebody I worked with had stopped, and he said, um, because I don't want to be, something like disrespectful, because I just want to let you know, whatever you're doing, you look incredible, and that was the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And then, you know, when I have a party, I'd go to, I'd show my stomach. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'd have cut, cut my shirts off. <laughs> I'm like, I worked too hard for this bitch. I'm going to friggin yeah. flaunt it because it's not going to be there forever. And
0: the confidence wasn't only coming from that, though. From the it was coming
3: from a lot. I felt like yeah. I was on a road. Like, I found my path. And, uh, it's just a lot of stuff went down after that made me Kind of lose interest, in, mm-hmm. and then I didn't really know how to pick up from there. Yeah. My follow-through stopped. Like, I, I don't know.
0: It was very intense, so.
1: I also, I always find it interesting talking to you because I feel like you've shared so many stories with me. So many. I've known Pam for, what, three years now, and you yeah. told me new stories today that I had never heard of.
3: mm Oh, the Jason one with I am God.
1: I've heard that one before. Oh. Um <laughs> Well at least I'm consistent. <laughs> but even with hearing something. them again, like hearing new details. Yeah. Like, you know. It's always a trip when you tell me about your life. Because hmm. like I what? feel like now things are so different. Things are so everyone puts up this facade and, you know, it's very much about like, advancing in your career, but more, like, in a professional way. People yeah. don't really value creativity anymore, I think. No. Right. And the
0: people, there are still artists and people in their 20s. Like, life goes on, but a lot of things are different.
3: Yeah.
2: You
0: know?
3: I think, although I do feel like there's going to be, like, another awakening as far as the arts go,
2: mm-hmm. I feel
3: like something's going to happen. I mean, New York Post-COVID. City's... covid Yeah. Uh, New York City's empty. People have been terrified. They've been angry, they've been sad. there's been so much emotional think about it the whole year, mm-hmm. like and no one was not touched by it, like, like you know what I mean man. um and as far as like it is cheaper now, the artists could flood the city. it's cheaper now, and people have something to say,
1: right? like people
3: yeah. feel something. it's not just a love story. I mean we talked about things I mean, we wrote um there's a song I wrote called "It's all disappearing um I mean, it's basically about you know. The world like things are going extinct we're polluting but um also people are killing each other so yeah. that's what that song was about um, i wrote that with samora i'm gonna make sure she gets her props wait a second guys. i have a question yes so like
1: with all these restaurants shutting down and nightclubs probably all of them have shut down at this point um bars what do you think the city's gonna look like
3: Honestly, I think that when things open back up, people are going to want to rage, especially your generation. Hell yeah. So I think nightclubs can make a comeback. They have, I feel like they have the ability as long as we're not all fucking broke.
0: Because they were dwindling a little bit now, like in the the 2010s, they were kind of going downhill.
3: Because nightclubs basically are a big party that Mm -hmm. you, you know, pay to get into a party and you go and you dance and you laugh and you hang out with your friends and you get social, meet new people. I think that there's,
2: right.
3: how many new people have you met if it wasn't on the internet? It's right.
0: like, and right now you can just like go to a bar or be home and drink. Like that's not what it's about. People are going to realize like they don't want to just drink. They want to
3: dance yeah. and
1: drink. They want to talk to people. Yeah. I drink. mean,
3: cause that's more fun than just drinking. But I
1: feel like before COVID, especially in it New York City, dindled, people dindled. are so jaded. Yes, yes. You know, and closed Excuse off me. and only stay in their own friend group. We, we didn't appreciate it. And um, I think the
0: crowd in the city was different too. Was people more in their 30s? and right. as, It like, wasn't an
3: artists. It's people who can afford to live in the city. Yeah. I'm sorry, right. but they're boring.
0: Neoliberals. Yeah. There was a whole culture, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, very sanitary, sterile. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's not like you just met some girl who dyed her hair purple and she's no, she's an artist and she paints on the street, but she's at a nightclub because she's a normal human being too, dancing and you're like, I love your hair. Right. Like you go up to her and be like, oh my God, your hair is amazing. And she's like, I like this. So you end up talking. You just made a friend. It's the weird... bit. Right. Where, whereas the other people who are, like, working their professional jobs that now can afford in Manhattan apartments are... Right.
1: A lot of Coke. And... They want to have <laughs> yeah. a, they have they a cocktail and eat their tapas.
3: But they're probably not going to be an artist. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to have... This... I'm not trying to sound weird, but, like, artists have very inquisitive minds. Yeah. But, like, they create things. So they love other people who create things. And they like creative things. And things that are pretty and interesting and i don't know i just think it's a different different crowd Mm -hmm. it's just a different crowd of people i'm sure there's artists you know i wonder where they you know i would love to hang out with them
0: well it's funny they spread to like williamsburg and greenpoint and bushwick well now with williamsburg
3: is right but even even that even now that's
0: exactly like where were they going to go next but now with covid it's like now it can kind of start all over again and go back to the city almost uh-huh.
3: that would be great I mean if it could you I know I think though people are gonna wanna do things like yeah. yeah life's you know
1: I feel like we've all been stuck on our phones for the past year that everyone's just gonna want to like speak to new faces and like socialize last and night we
0: got happy smoking a cigarette with people yeah <laughs> we asked someone for <laughs> a cigarette someone
3: interesting and new and yeah. you get to learn something new it's like you stop thinking yeah. about yourself for five minutes
1: right it's you know. refreshing. Sam, are we
0: doing okay, Pam? Are we doing Are we okay? doing Are okay? we on the right track? What
1: do you think are of, you of the on podcast?
3: The right... <laughs> oh,
0: for the podcast or in life? life?
3: life. <laughs> Love life. Yes. Um, give us a Yelp review. I think right now you're in a discovery area. I don't think it's permanent in any way mm-hmm. because it shouldn't be.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Because you're how old? It shouldn't be. It's a discovery area. I mean, yeah, there are you're no rules. Probably not going to marry the guys that you're with. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I mean, to break it to you. Because you just <laughs> well, I mean, you might. I, there's a chance you might, but I don't know, like I can't imagine like being that young and not wanting to because right. there's going to be things you want to do that they're not going to want to do. Right. There's just as yeah. you're learning life and going through life being on your own. Because you're just newly on your own. You have to find
0: part. someone who has the same like trajectory as you. And people often when they're yeah, young Pam don't Pam think forward.
1: Like think about how many people like Pam made connections with in her twenties, and we're only twenty one, twenty two.
3: Like like you're gonna go everywhere and do the strangest things. And once the city opens up, like you're gonna have discoveries. It's not like
1: mm.
3: you're gonna do things you didn't think to you'd do. Like I never thought like I would go to, I would drive somewhere off the map in Idaho. Like, these are weird things, but I never thought this would happen where I was actually amongst tumbleweed. You know, I'd be be terrified to get out of the car because of the craters. Like, there's craters and mountain lions, and I felt so tiny. I never thought I'd do something weird. as Like, it's Mm -hmm. not on the... But I ended up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, so... You don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know where you're going to end up. I mean, you don't know who you're going to meet. You just don't know. Like, anything can happen.
1: Can you tell us about your Spain story?
3: My Spain story? I love the story. Which, which story is this? Um, I went to Spain to visit my girlfriend, Alana. She was uh, born there, but she grew up in Manhattan, lived with her mama. Um, so, I mean, I loved Alana. I still do. But I went to go visit her because she decided to move to Spain. So I went there for a month and was so excited. Um, when I got there, I had such jet lag, but uh, they had a pool party for me. There was a pool on the roof. We lived in the penthouse. And there was like a little staircase to go up to the pool. And they had sangria and people that I didn't know and um, paella. And like, it was like, welcome the gringa. <laughs> they every every excuse they had to have a party Spaniards amazing they're like it's the gringas here let's have a party <laughs> um i'm not even kidding uh so we ate we drank i sweat it was great and then uh i got sick as a dog for like the next i don't know how many days i don't even know how long but i was sick because of the water or oh i think it was just jet lag and then mm-hmm. i drank you know yeah. and yeah yeah um but yeah so that was the beginning of my spanish trip and then uh I was sitting on the patio, listening to music, having my tea because he didn't have coffee, so I had tea. And uh, her father was hysterical, and he locked me out on the patio because he said I needed to get tan because I'm too white. <laughs> so he's like, no, 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 no gringa, you need to stay out there. <laughs> um, no. Well, here's an interesting thing. Like, doing drugs in Spain amongst uh, more more artistic people, like. I didn't know them. I couldn't name them for you. And even if I could, I wouldn't. Um, right. <laughs> there's, there's a couple I won't. But anyway, you can actually go to a party. And then, like, all of a sudden, there's just drugs. And it's very casual. It's More not so a big than deal. New York. Adults and, and youngins alike. Not young, young, but, like, right. young adults and old adults. like, And it's, it's not looked down on. It's not...
0: It's more common there to, like, when you party, you party. Like, you have a good time. Well, no, no, no. Like,
3: you have dinner. Let's say you have dinner with a group. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, there's a mirror with cocaine or there's, like, hash cigarettes, for instance. You can always, you know, pass it. Like, it's not... There's, like, no... No pressure. There's no stigma, right? There's not that. It's, like... And it was so pure. It's such a different world. Like, it's not garbage. So, it was interesting. Those are a couple points in Spain. Plus, I was in the age of the drug phase, like, when you start to discover drugs. Right. That's where I tried ecstasy. And I was terrified, because I'd never done anything but smoke weed. Um, And uh, everybody, we had a big dinner, you know, in celebration of me, again. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. This is like, every, Alana's like, get used to it. Every time we go out, it's going to be, Pam's here, let's celebrate. Just because she's like, Spanish people just want an excuse to party. I'm like, okay. Um, so we had this amazing dinner, like so good restaurant. And then someone puts these little pills on our Mm. bread plates, on these little plates, (laughs) turns (laughs) them around and he puts one in front of everybody. And I'm like, what's going on? We're like, you know, a 20 something group where, and, um, sounds like it's ecstasy. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I've never done this and whatever. And, uh, Alana's like, you'll be fine. And I'm like, I don't want to just be fine. I want to know what's going to happen. I'm kind of nervous. Like, I had anxiety about it. And mm-hmm. then finally, blah, 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 I took it. And I had to go to this guy's house with him. He had to pick something up, Danielle. And he's like, uh, he goes, I'll watch her. Don't worry. Like, he spoke English. I'm like, you better, like, don't let me bug out. I'm going to be really pissed off. He goes, I'll tell you what. If you start to bug out, I'll take you right home. Don't worry. You're safe. <laughs> You let me know if you start to bug out, okay?
0: <laughs> Why didn't you go to the club? Like... No, no,
3: but then we did eventually. Oh, okay, good. So he's in his apartment. I'm sitting alone in his car in a strange Spanish street. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my goodness. My hands feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> like literally by myself having a little touch me party. Like not bad places, yeah. but just like, wow. And he comes to the car. He's like, so are you bugging out? Do I need to take you home? I'm like, no <laughs> I was like the happiest person we went and then we went out and we went to nightclubs and I danced like a lunatic all night and then we went home and then I went swimming on the pool the in the pool that they had on the roof and uh Alana's like you're turning into a prune you need to get out yeah. and I'm my like, god oh, it feels so good <laughs> so yeah it was fun nice that so you recommend
1: ecstasy no because <laughs> it's not what it was
3: I don't oh. recommend it at all. It's not, it's a different time. I mean. Well, if we can get up here. Well, I, I just, honestly, <laughs> nowadays, like I won't recommend stuff like that. I know everybody's got to experience it. And if I look back, anything I would like, you know, it's scary. You were lucky. Yeah. It's scary. Like, cause you don't know. Yeah. So,
1: okay.
3: I mean, if you can get it from, a <laughs> at <me> <laughs> yeah. it's, I'll tell you this much. It's, it was amazing the first time. Never repeat. It never repeats itself. It's mm. like you, you get that one, and yeah. that's it. And then you try like to chase the dragon, basically. like Two weeks later, like, we're going to do ecstasy. And you do it, and you're like, yeah, I don't remember it feeling like this.
2: Aww.
3: So yeah. it's like, if it's an experience, it's just that. Just that mm. one experience. So do I recommend it? I don't. I'm going to say that. Because I don't know what they give or what they do. Or... Right. And I'm too old. <laughs> like, the drug phase is behind me. <laughs> Yeah. You know.
1: All right. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us, Pam. Thank you. Yes. This has been... Um, this is
3: really long. This
1: has been fun, though. Yes. A baggage from CF. Has C F, mash mashup with baggage from 1F. Yes. So, now you know the baggage of the whole house.
3: And now you know how much I can speak. I talk <laughs> a lot. That's <laughs> where we get it from. So. All right. All right. Well, sounds until next good. time.
2: All right. Peace. Bye, guys. Peace out.